0: The will of God is life and goodness for us. That's the theme that resonates in all of the readings that we hear today. Do we believe this though? And if the answer that we give is yes, how easy we can sometimes forget that or lose sight of that. God wants goodness and life for us. Especially when we have loss in our life. We lose sight of that. We think somehow God has abandoned us or set us aside. It doesn't change the fact, though, that God has this desire in his heart for us. You know, my wife broke her leg about four years ago, falling off the steps of our garage stairs onto the cement floor. It was quite a drop. Broke her knee and the bone next to the knee. She didn't know that though. She had gotten up and she felt like she could walk on it. So she went ahead and went to work. And during the day, her colleague said, You know what? You really should get that checked out. So she relented and she went to the doctor and got it x rayed. And sure enough, it was broken. But because she walked in, or for some weird reason, the doctor didn't put a brace on her, didn't put a cast on her, just sent her on her way. Well, she she came home, she walked on it for about a week, and it got worse and worse, and she finally called the doctor's office back, and they said, you should have had a brace given to you, at least, if not put a cast on it. So they immediately called her back in, they gave her a brace, and they ordered an MRI, because now it had been a week that her leg had been broken, and she'd been walking on it. So they thought maybe that could have moved that bone a couple of nights later, she's wearing that brace. She's just saying that it really is bothering her. It really hurts her. And so I asked her if we could pray over that leg, over the knee. And so we did. We knelt down next to her. We prayed. And she said she felt this warming sensation. And then that night, it didn't bother her at all, the whole night. Days went by and finally the MRI schedule came and she went to get the MRI test. And the person who does the, the, the MRI looked at it and then looked at the x-ray and he couldn't reconcile it. He said, your x-ray shows a break. Now, we hadn't seen it. And he showed us the x-ray. Sure enough, there was a break in it. But he said, the MRI does not show any break. He had no explanation for it. He said, it, it couldn't have healed within a week or two's time. He said, I just can't explain it. We knew at that point that the prayer that we had done had power to heal and a miracle had happened, that her leg had healed. And I can't account for it and I don't know why it worked in that situation and not in other situations where I prayed or you might have experienced that. Well, you prayed for something and it just didn't quite work out the way you thought or you did and then it miraculously happened. We can't understand that context of miracles, but we have to recognize that through faith, miracles do happen. We hear in today's gospel the disciples ask Jesus, Increase our faith. And he proceeds to describe that if you have the size, the the faith the size of a mustard seed, you can tell that mulberry bush. To uproot and go plant itself in the sea. I tried to imagine that. It's kind of hard to imagine, right? That a tree would do that. But he wasn't equivocating it. He wasn't saying, no, I'm just making light of this. He was serious. Somehow that tree would get up if you had the faith to tell it to do that. See, a small amount of faith, deep faith, can accomplish great things if that faith is rooted and placed in the all-powerful, loving God. Jesus uses a master-servant parable to teach the disciples and to teach us that for faith to be effective, it must be rooted in trust, obedience, and total commitment. He says, when you have done all you have been commanded, say, we are unprofitable servants. We have done what we were obliged to do. You know, what an interesting phrase he uses there. Obliged. We have done what we are obliged to do. I was thinking of that term, obliged and obligated. So, oftentimes, we feel in our faith maybe that obligation is why we do what we do. But if we really understand our faith and it's rooted in this trust in God, then it really is obliged. So, I looked up the definition obligated means to be morally or legally bound to something. But oblige, the word used in the gospel today, means to be in a debt of gratitude because of a favor or service. God sent his only son to die for us, for me, for you. Are we not in a debt of gratitude for what God has done and what he promised for those who have faith? Faith, an integral part of being a disciple. If we want to be disciples, faith has to be a part of that. It must be an active submission to God with a willingness to do whatever he commands. Sometimes the command we receive when we are anxious about something is to wait. 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 That takes patience. It takes trust. And it takes faith. Faith... If we knew what the outcome was going to be for our life, if we knew where we were going, that we're headed for heaven for sure, faith would not be necessary. But faith is rooted in something of trust that we have been promised by Christ that he has created a place for us, that he's calling us home. And that may, all, that may be all we get. But he promised it. And so we put our faith in the promise, even though we haven't seen, even though we haven't maybe fully received what we think we are expected to receive. It takes patience and persistence, doesn't it? Remember the wedding at Cana. Mary, rooted in deep faith in her son, tells the servants to do whatever he commands. And then Jesus proceeds to act on his mother's request, and he carries out his first public miracle. He changes water into wine, bringing life and goodness to the couple and to all of the community that are are gathered there for that wedding that day. I remind us of this because it is the first example in the Bible where Mary shows us what discipleship rooted in faith in her son can accomplish. It is Jesus who does the miracle always. Always it is Jesus who does the miracle. So it's Jesus that did the miracle for my wife. But we are invited into being a part of miracles for others when we use the gift within us with faith to cooperate with Christ, helping to share his gift of grace with another. If you meet somebody today and you know they need your prayer, how quickly will you respond to say, let me pray with you. Let me pray over that. It's not about your confidence to pray like I feel I can heal you. It's about your trust in the Lord that the Lord wants goodness for this person and I may be the very instrument being asked to be a part of that grace poured out. Mary constantly showed faith in her son regardless of the outward circumstances. I mean, imagine this. Mary hears that her son is to be executed. Does she know the fullness of God's plan? No. She doesn't. But she never wavers in her faith that God will bring about good for her, for her son, and for the world. If I place myself in that scene, I'd be praying my head off that my son would not have to die. We can all relate to that. But indeed, he does die. And Mary watches him die. And she still doesn't know, other than having faith in the promise her son has given, that something good will come of this. But she still sees the death. And she still has to go through that emotion of feeling the loss of her son. Wow. If you've lost someone in your life, you've maybe prayed for a miracle and it didn't turn out the way you had hoped or expected, don't lose faith. God wants goodness for you and that person and will bring that about. Faith is hanging on in spite of not knowing and not seeing. And it must be rooted in trust. It must be rooted in obedience and total commitment. How many in the world are suffering from things that can be misconstrued as God's punishment? The war in Ukraine? The hurricane? Ian hitting Florida in the southeast. And as I shared earlier this morning, last night after I did this homily, I went home and I heard about more atrocities in the world. The soccer game where people got trampled. place in Africa where they're having violence. And people are dying. Innocent people are dying. And you see all of this around you. It is the consequence of a broken world. God, though, wants goodness for us. He wants goodness for us. And on our part, we must have faith in the midst of all of that worldly trial that we see to remain faithful to God. As he invites us in to be faithful to him and to the sacrifice of his son. Death does not win for those who remain faithful. In the example of St. Paul, no matter what we're facing that seems dire, that seems as though God has abandoned us, May we be reassured by Mary's example, by the Apostles' example. As St. Paul implores us today, may we bear our share of hardship for the gospel, with the strength that comes from God.